0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Unboxing Logistics, where today we'll be talking about the relationship between confidence and revenue. My name is Jason Eisenberg. I will be your host for today. Uh, I was a D2C marketer for about 10 years, and that's why I'm really excited to talk to an expert, uh, Eric Thorson. Eric, can you please tell us a little bit more about it? Sure.
1: Thanks, Jason. I'm glad to be here. I'm Eric Thorson, general manager of the Norton Shopping Guarantee consumer platform. I'm one of the founding members of the team and have been in the kind of consumer behavioral space for well over 10 years.
0: Awesome. We're really happy to have you. Very right. excited to learn more about e-commerce and how conversions can be in- increased. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, I would love to play this game with you that is called This or That. Okay. Where we get to little get to know you a little bit more. All right. Sorry? Sure. Are you, are you
1: down? If you let's break the ice, I guess. All right, let's break some ice. All right. All right. Pineapple pizza or no? Pineapple pizza. Yep. Uh and, and I, are you surprised? I am because
0: we had pizza yesterday and I feel like you said
1: you didn't. Well, right? I, I shamed you. I made fun of it yesterday. You, you were I, trying to just fit in? Yeah, I did. I didn't okay. want to be judged. That's fair. Sorry. I understand. Marvel or DC? Marvel, specifically Thor. Why is that, everybody? Why Thor? Thorson is my name. Oh,
0: wow. Uh, snow or Sand? actually sand
1: sand is there a reason why you prefer sand you sand or
0: desert sand actually let's make that so
1: so or ocean maybe that's uh so ocean sand ocean water boating skiing water skiing you know that kind of stuff
0: tablet or physical book uh tablet okay yeah
1: easier Uh, to read they're yeah you know they like a kindle i guess or an ipad it's just i don't know it's it's just I can zoom in. I can go back. It's just the way I, you know, can okay. get through the content easier. See, I'm me. a book guy for some reason.
0: You Not know? so
1: many are. Yeah, many yeah. are. Yeah. Anyway, I hear, uh, I hear books are popular.
0: They are popular. They've been around for, right? for a little bit, right? So, uh, putt putt or top golf? Top golf. You know, top golf.
1: Okay. Yeah, miniature golf. I don't know. It's. I mean, maybe when I was a lot younger, but I'm. I've evolved.
0: NASCAR or F1? F1.
1: Um, just. It's just more exciting. I think the stakes are a lot higher. Those the, the, compared to NASCAR, those vehicles. I mean, just the amount of money, and of course, and of course, what do we all want when we watch racing, right? Money? No. Well, that. Oh, okay. We want to see crashes. Oh, wow. I yeah. know. I don't want anybody to get hurt. Everyone's getting big. in the U.S. now, though. It really, is. really impressive to see It's really, really kind of yeah. taken over. Yeah, no um,
0: doubt. And just for fun, which is
1: not a this or that. I mean, it has been fun. This has been fun I so mean, far.
0: I mean, this part's even. It's going to get better. I promise. All right, yeah. let's go. What is the correct spelling of e-commerce?
1: Oh, I do. So lowercase C, e, capital C, and then commerce, is how I do it. Okay. No, no, I don't like hyphen. No hyphen. I, I agree with you that. I so think there's no wrong answer. It's a trick question, really. Like, Fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, just you, trying to... how about electronic? Let's go retro. Electronic commerce. We'll spell out electric. Oof. We'll put an X there for electric commerce. I mean, let's mix it up a bit.
0: Sounds good. All right, cool. So we've got all that out of the way. So I'm ready to go and dive into our topic. Good. Awesome. Um, All right, so our first segment is going to be about understanding the evolving nature of security and consumer confidence in e-commerce, obviously. So how would you differentiate between consumer confidence and security?
1: That's a good question. So there's been quite an evolution of the word security as it pertains to e-commerce. And, you know, over the last decade... It has changed quite a bit. And where, the, where consumers originally were concerned, they were really worried truly around that word security and the security as it relates to is the environment I'm about to give my information to or do business with this, this screen, if you will, is that a safe place for me to be? Will I be compromised or breached in any way? And what we're seeing over the last several years is that consumers are becoming less and less concerned about that. And they've sort of moved their concerns and anxieties towards that other unknown factor, that other unknown variable, which is the, the people, the, the people who run that business. That's really the you know, the undefined, uncertain variable when it comes to first-time shoppers, especially, and because the e-commerce is a very disconnected, unhuman experience, there's this worry about all these great promises that I see it, that the merchant is making me and you know, that they're going to take good care of me and they're going to give me, they're going to guarantee all these things. Well, those are just merely graphics on a screen. They're really not proven until that person has to experience whether they really will step up or not. Right. right. Yeah. And that's, and I, and I actually, especially going through obviously the COVID pandemic, And because of the amount of volume, the sheer volume that was coming in, that actually was amplified quite a bit. Um, Those concerns actually probably uh, rippled out quite a bit from the standpoint that the sheer volume of transactions that were going on, more merchants were coming out of nowhere. There were a lot of people who were let down. And and by the way, it's not because the merchants are themselves sinister or or set out to really harm people. I think they went through their own problems with supply chain. And I mean, I think it's just a combination of things. And I also think people aren't perfect. And they're going to, unfortunately, people make mistakes. Yeah. And it really, it concerns, and it's that unknown that really causes consumers to be concerned.
0: Right. I mean, it makes sense. You know, the evolution of e-commerce creates new problems, new security issues. So initially it was, is your is your website secure, mm-hmm. right? That was the original security issue. That's right. Um, now it's more, well, now that we're at record shipments, um, we have record packages being left on doors. Mm-hmm. Um, so now there, there's a new concern or increasing concern of Porsche piracy, right? Yep, that's right. That's just one small example of uh, different security concerns that consumers will have as they have things delivered to their homes or offices. So That's that makes exactly sense.
1: right. Yep.
0: Can you share some examples from your work experience um, sure. about, you know, what highlights the differentiation between
1: confidence and security? Sure. So one of the best practices, it's been fairly tried and true. Um, early on, in the earlier days, it's, and, and today, there's been this visual trust signaling graphical elements that are introduced to the site. That the, the, cut, the merchant that wants to make sure that are prominently displayed. So that they, so that the, the pot- potential consumer will see those trust signals, and those trust signals are—they are, come up, they come from anywhere from the merchant themselves creating creating them to third-party um, uh, services such as perhaps Trusted Site, Norton Shopping Guarantee, McAfee. Those are all really well-known trusted third-party brands, but. Inevitably, the idea is to address the those those anxieties that shoppers have the moment they reach the site, and it's really important that that is now. There's that sort of find the 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 where the struggle is with merchants. Merchants have a, especially if you're the the creative side of the merchant business of the e-commerce side of the business, the user experience people. There's this real balance that then struggle between. Finding that harmony of having visual trust signaling on there that doesn't look obnoxious, it looks organic and natural, but more, most importantly, and I want everyone to know this, we don't want to take away from the brand because the brand, your brand is the top priority, right? It's about making that connection with your brand to that first time visitor. But a close second is having some form, and I really believe it needs to be third party, because third party is where the credibility is, right? right? If you're the consumer, that's where you're going to place your trust. And it has to be a brand that you know. And if we do that, this is all within microseconds. This is all happening immediately, subconsciously. And the, the longer that they're struggling with this, um, I call it what's called hang time hang time is is where the the consumer is doing any everything but what you want them to do which is browse, engage, click, move through an inevitable funnel, experience, shopping experience and inevitably check out.
0: That makes sense. So would you you know, I would love to ask, you know, how you think consumer confidence affects conversion rate. I mean, is mm. it a direct correlation? Yeah. Um yeah, and in your experience have you seen I mean, I'm not going to ask you for an average rate over your lifetime of how many you've seen mm-hmm. w- at work and how much it increases, but, mm. you know, is it significant?
1: It is, and how it's significant, and I can, I can certainly provide standard, you know, industry standard ranges. I mean, the the willingness to, at the very least, put something on your site and experiment with the data, the performance around that in terms of conversion rate impact to a business is on the low side 3% and on the high side 12%. That seems to be where it's sitting right now. So then you might say, well, 3%, that seems small. It's not small if you're JBL, right? If you're JBL.com or if you're a, a, a crateandbarrel.com or if you're a, a major brand well with the sheer volume that they're doing 3% of a million versus 10% of 100,000 it's all relative but mm-hmm. at the but inevitably it ends up to a tremendous amount of incremental revenue right at the end of the day with and the conversion it's
0: rate not passive it's pretty passive because it's mm-hmm. it's something that's automatically you're not putting out a marketing plan for it you're not mm-hmm. adding more workload you're it's just already there that's right so that's that's incredibly helpful that's um, right. you know when in terms of security and confidence um, what are some of the key factors that require a guarantee, that make a guarantee an actual
1: guarantee? Sure. So the way I always describe it whenever I'm consulting with a merchant is I'll – and we, we typically m- both acknowledge that this is a considered a best practice. I like to call it, you know, three best primary practices when it comes to trust and how, consu- and how consumers uh, – Expect to have some way, some form of of uh, signaling around these three areas. One is ratings and reviews. Ratings and reviews is great because what it shows a consumer is how you've performed historically. It's powerful, right? Right. And a lot, of, and I know we all, I know our society is really puts a lot of stock in. I know I do. I mean, if I do anything nowadays, it's so easy to do. I pick up my phone and I can look at what's going on there, especially if it's a, certainly a restaurant, it, a it's food funny. experience. I, right? I trust
0: random people online more than I would have trusted people I knew
1: in real life. That's true. That's so funny. That's
0: right. I, I just read like a Yelp review or four mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, good to go. I'm down to get that. That's right. Um, so yeah, that's important.
1: So ratings and reviews. Now ratings and reviews, but so so none of what I'm sharing with you is an absolute lock, right? And and let me just also say that the the goal of any merchant, the dream, the which is also unobtainable, but yet it's the what's their goal? What's what gets the what's gets uh, e-commerce professionals you know uh, up and running is uh, reaching 100% conversion rate. I mean that means of course every person who comes aside will buy something now that is unrealistic um, however incrementally they're trying to do 14 different things that inevitably will hopefully get closer to that 100 but will never achieve it if that makes sense so but with regards to ratings and reviews so what's important about that is it's not a, it's certainly not it's compelling and it gives a historical but if i'm a new visitor that Sure, Steve may have had a good experience, but I'm Eric, and I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I'm still not convinced. It's nice to know that there's a historical, you know, good past performances. So then there's then then there's the moment where you're actually at the site, right? Right. So you're literally there at the site. So that that I call that the present. The present is having a a mainstream platform. You know, obviously Shopify. You know, household name, a trusted brand. Uh, a, a a place a safe place to transact where I'm not worried about any sort of ID theft or data breach or such so I call that kind of the moment of now but then the shopping guarantee side of things that that's that does a couple of things that I think is very compelling and has been very proven and that is addressing the concerns the the, the anxieties that shoppers have around the tomorrow the what I call it what if the five minutes from now the two days from now the thirty days from now, So what are some of those anxieties, actually? I'm very curious. So primarily, I mean, there's several, but we focus in on four. Mm -hmm. And four of those areas of concern are around merchant reliability. They're around getting the best price point. They're around package security, package protection. And lastly, around identity, protecting the consumer's identity.
0: Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, It's actually why I, I mean, we're about to talk about first time visitors, but let's talk about real quick in order to become a repeat customer, you're a first time visitor somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So you need a great experience to become that repeat customer from being a first time visitor. So I am curious about, you know, first time shoppers and shopper lifetime value, right? That's what's important here. And so what are some common fears of first time shoppers?
1: Yeah. A lot of, a lot of promises are made. When a first-time shopper arrives at a web property, they often will, most times, see a very, uh, I think, a very believable, uh, inviting engagement experience and with lots of wording and text in terms of service and, and, and graphics around promises and guarantees and, you know, uh, satisfaction and such. And uh, those are merely promises that are being conveyed. and the, But in reality... And in a lot of cases, that doesn't always hold up. And so, what's really fascinating is that that the lion's share of, of merchants are they wanted, They really are wanting to, to run an, a good, reputable business. They do want to service their customers. It only takes a few bad experiences, though, for that person to encounter, or through their friends and family, that they hear these stories. And it automatically just puts that concern in their mind can you provide an
0: example of like a business that you know whether it's third party or it's something that they curated themselves uh, you know i mean kind of amazon comes top of mind Mm -hmm. you know with as they call the a to z Mm -hmm. uh i mean so obviously amazon is a giant and so they have kind of that social proof that they can do that kind of security. They can provide that guarantee. But what about for mm-hmm. anyone else who's not on Amazon? Because Amazon has a pretty big take on merchants. They so. do,
1: they do. In, in fact, uh, to, to Amazon in both eBay and Amazon's credit, that's what inspired us to build the shopping guarantee um, because we saw what they were doing. They really, they really pioneered this idea around how, hey, if things don't go right, we have built out an infrastructure a way, a a, a resolution or a dispute resolution capability, that is built in, that they then market them. Amazon markets it, and they do call it their A to Z guarantee. eBay, what eBay calls it, eBay buyer protection. But the but the functionality is really important because what it's telling consumers or shoppers is that look, if anything doesn't go well, we have this system in place that will allow you to reach out you will be heard, it will be tracked, and it will be resolved. That makes sense. I mean, you know, I'm sure
0: everyone in this room has used Amazon or eBay at some point, but there are times in my life where
1: I'm like, I can't just rely on one. Yeah. One They store, may not have, you they know what they may not I mean. even. And you know, um, Amazon doesn't have everything all the time, right?
0: I mean, there was a South Park episode we talked about yesterday over pizza about the power that one person has. It was like, I can shut off your Amazon Prime account and you will be without anything there's, you know? right, um,
1: and the walmart there's i mean we didn't get to get it too far down in the weeds here but there's also the walmart one too which was pretty funny where the walmart consumes these small towns and the power <laughs> that's of a right. big, that's a you know the power too. of a big brand right so
0: so let's talk about some trust signals in e-commerce sure. you know what what are some of those signals that automatically a, a consumer sees, sure. right, or a visitor sees that builds that trust right off the bat.
1: Yeah, you have to be able to see it, right? It has to be Has to be displayed, but in a very, you know, balanced way. We 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 like to, as best practices, we recommend that we have, which is fairly typical in today's e commerce platforms and experiences, a floating seal. So the floating seal is either on the left or right, and it kind of. It's that sort of that secondary thing. I first, of course, as I said, I want them to see the brand. I want them to see a product. I want them, I want, I want first-time visitors who also, by the way, have buying intent. That's really compelling, right? I mean, they they're on a mission. They want to buy. They want to fulfill. And some of those folks get st- they just they get stuck. What we do is with the trust signaling that's floating, and the reason it's floating is, by the way, is that. At any, because not every consumer or visitor arrives at a web property at the same t- place, at the same time, in the same location. So the floating seal it solves that problem because no matter where they hit, they're always going to see that that additional trust signaling. That's really crucial. And and then uh, the more it's seen, the more effective it works. Now that's a real that's a big big statement because you can get carried away with that. You can get too crazy, too much, distract from the brand. Cause friction. We don't want that. And we want we'll work with the merchant to make sure that that's not the case. But we along the way, the tip that logically, usually the next step is obviously the home page. Then you go into what's called the PDP product display page where you start to look at the products, and then you can actually drill down to the product itself. We put additional graphics in there. We call those conversion kickers. Mm-hmm. And they're near to the call to action. Now, we also are very mindful of when we show up and have a conversation and consult with a merchant that there are going to be other other graphical partners and services that they're using maybe for payments like such as Affirm or Visa or MasterCard. Uh, maybe there'll be a ratings and reviews, you know, Trustpilot may have some presence there too. So we also have to obviously be mindful of not over, you know, overcrowding the space and causing that sort of clutter because that's a real hot, that's a, they're very sensitive about that and right. I mean, they should be, right? Because you can get too carried away. So regarding first-time shoppers, um, you know, let's say
0: I'm the CEO of a, a brand that's been around 10, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone loves me, everyone trusts me. Right. What would you tell me about a Norton Shopping Guarantee? Would I need something like that? Would yeah. I need any third-party guarantee?
1: Yeah, I, 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 I hear that a lot. Um, and then I go through pockets where I don't hear it, and then I hear it, and I'm talking, you know, and I it, I talk to big brands, I talk to hundreds of, of uh, business operators of large brands all the time. And I will often hear, hey, we're so-and-so, we're a household name, everybody trusts us. And when I hear that, I, I certainly acknowledge it. And then I say, would you be surprised that 87% of all merchants think that, that customers automatically trust them? And that seems like a really good number, Right and then the reality is about 33% of the consumers trust you. So there's a there's a real big chasm there, right? A yeah. big gap. Well, and and that, you know, and that we it's okay and and you know, miss, you know, we understand why you feel that way. You should. You're proud of your brand. You are a big brand, but there's still room, there's still definitely room for improvement. There's improving.
0: room for that, but also the they might trust the brand, but they may have not visited your website yet. You know, they don't trust that online yeah. shopping situation, which might not even be technically related to your brand but the experience that they have not had yet how are they supposed to trust that if it's brand new to them right
1: yeah i think there's some i think there's uh an intersection of where it they know the brand and that sort of kind of bleeds into i trust the brand Mm -hmm. right i think there's some that some of that's going on which is it's great that you know the brand but that doesn't automatically equate that you trust the brand, right? So we got to try to help bridge that gap, and we do.
0: And right, and so while we're talking about trust, what about what are some of the things that you know trust? Trust can mean a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. I trust that the product's going to work. I trust that I'm going to get the product when I order it. Mm-hmm. I trust that you're not going to lower it by fifty. The price of that product by fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of things that you can provide trust signals for, mm-hmm. right? And so. Can we talk about some of the stuff that a third party, a good third party guarantee would actually kind of knock, hit the check mark on each of these boxes that have consumers,
1: you know, untrustworthy? Sure. Yeah. Let me make that, let me try to make that even easier for everybody. The shopping guarantee, we're actually, we're we're an insurance product. We are underwriting the terms of service of every merchant that, that uses the service. And of course, terms of service or terms of, you know, terms and conditions, you know, every business has one in one form or flavor. Some are very, you know, some are one pages, some are 20 pages. And in that, it's a legal document. It's a legal promise to the consumer of exactly what to expect in terms of your policies, your business policies. And the shopping guarantee and the power of the shopping guarantee is that we hold merchants accountable to their terms of service to their customer. Right. that That's what's really compelling. Right. And so if you have a seven day return policy, you're going to and the customer comes back and it's within it's four days later, you're not going to give you're going to honor the policy. Now, guess what? That doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's misunderstandings. Sometimes there's emotions. Sometimes there is a there is a maybe a blatant Disregard for their policy. Maybe it's that 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 customer service rep hasn't been fully trained. I mean, there's there's just so many variables that can cause some confusion, and inevitably can escalate. And that's the other compelling part of the shopping guarantee is we we're we're a platform that de-escalates customers who are con, you know who would no, normally just be completely upset and act out and do a chargeback, do a negative reviews we de-escalate it, we contain contain the shopper, we calm them down. By the way, this is what Amazon and eBay do. This is what they've been doing. This is why they're the company they are today, because they've really embraced this approach. And we feel that all merchants should have this capability. We're not going to eliminate chargebacks. We're not going to eliminate negative reviews. Well, we're certainly going to reduce them. And they're both damaging in their own right, especially a negative review. A negative review is forever. There's no change in yeah, it. Yeah, it's a tough one to get rid of. And, and there's no controlling on what people write. It really is kind of a bad deal sometimes for a merchant who otherwise had really good intentions. Right. And
0: so I'd love to talk, tackle this real quick because I've definitely seen merchants get negative reviews that they don't really deserve to get. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. a package being stolen and then they Great get example. a negative
1: review, yeah.
0: that they did not steal their own products, no. obviously, right? They didn't, they didn't hire not. someone to come to their house and be like, get, give me my product back. Right. Um, right. Someone stole it, that's right. but the brand is the one that's held accountable for it. That's right. And if the brand doesn't make it right quickly, then you might get a negative review for that. So, that's you know, right. how do you combat something like that?
1: Yeah. So over the last five years, we've seen a, we've seen a lot of uh, services enter the market to offer package protection at the moment of checkout. Uh, and uh, by the way, before five years, people were still stealing things. Theft was still a problem, right, right. in our society. However, what we've, s- what the opportunity was, was to pr- build a, 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 offer a service to consumers, to combat um, the you know, ever-growing amount of commerce that is done online that results in actual packages coming to your home. You know, I mean, let's face it, the going to the, I mean, the, before that, we, we still go to malls and grow, and and chain stores. And we certainly do that, but we don't do it nearly at the volume that we're doing now. And it's not, it's going to continue, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, thieves are going to take advantage of people. And so I think offering package protection should, what we're seeing is that it's just becoming as, a, as standard as the add to cart, as standard as the, Carrier, different carrier options, different speed, you know, different times to, to deliver a product. It's uh, it's it's as it's going to be as I think as common as as any of those other other experiences that everybody is very familiar with. But it's also about choice, right? Mm. You know, the the model is we want the consumer to choose for themselves and and give that customer that option to decide if that's for them or not. We it's not you know nothing's forced on anybody, and. It's interesting because the, the, some of the feedback I've heard from merchants, and I think this is really important, and I'm hoping anyone who's watching this content will really kind of take, take pause. And that is, well, a lot of our customers ex- kind of expect us to, to take care of that anyway. And you're, you're right. In fact, if you don't offer package protection, how are you handling that right now? Well, we're, we're writing them off. We're, we're taking the hit, right? And, it, and because we want them happy. We're going to do what we can to make them happy. And it's going to, and if, even That's if it costs us, margin, even huh? if it co- hits their margin, yeah. hits their bottom line. And so even if it's, and the other fine, fascinating thing I learned is over the last maybe 12 to 13 months, I've interviewed at least 100 different merchants, uh, uh, business leaders and within these merchants of all sizes. And I, and I asked the question, we talk about package protection and they would say some of them had no idea. They don't even really, like I said, well, how many do you experience? And no judgment here because, look, these people have a lot going on. They're not going to be in tune with every aspect of their business. But a lot of them just didn't know. And, and the few that knew, they'd say, oh, it was one or two. Almost like they were okay with that. Like, it's not, don't be okay. Don't be okay with just, one, even one Package theft is damaging to the brand. It can tarnish your brand because if it spirals and it gets uncontained, then it becomes uh, a negative review, a chargeback, or some other disparaging remark on social media. And it's avoidable because if we give them the choice, now, they still may have been offered package protection and not signed up for it. That's okay. But, But what if 10 others, what if 10 people who others would have been a victim did sign up for it and they did it knowingly? And inevitably, they became resolved, and then they became even probably more um, determined customers to come back and buy from that brand again. And
0: since we're talking about reviews, I mean, you're more likely to get a positive review, which is ah, even better. Yeah, well said. You know, yeah, so. I agree. agree. Um, that's true. It's It's just like this automatic thing you can have that will increase customer loyalty. That's right. Right. Rather than having to send these emails over and over again, because sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Sure. It's something that's just automatically on, something you don't have to think about, um, which speaking of not thinking about, I also wanted to touch on this idea of, so when you talk about the guarantee kind of offers a, almost like a protective barrier between the consumer and the brand. hmm are you are you saying that you know the brand doesn't have to have a customer service rep deal with it? Is it a guarantee? Is the guarantee ah. handling that for them? Yeah. You know what does that look like?
1: Uh, the shopping guarantee is a great additional uh, offset. It gives it 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 actually in many ways. If there's a customer ser- service customer service organ part of the organization, they it can go two ways. They both in both cases the shopper receives the guarantee. But, you know, the 30 days of guarantee and protections so that they know in the future if there's a problem, they raise their hand. When they do raise their hand, they may reach out to the, to the merchant directly. Uh, we train all the customer service reps to be, you know, how to field those inbounds. It's not going to cause any additional that would normally be coming in. And in some cases, they'll actually come directly to us. The, and what's really here's what's really great about that is that the shopping guarantee isn't some brand new bleeding edge concept. I mean, it's been established for over 10 years, and it's being used by some very large brands today. The, the consumers are now sort of been conditioned now, and some of them know the routine very well, where they'll just they automatically engage us. We we will resolve the situation, and in most cases, we can resolve it on the merchant's behalf, and they love that because guess what? That's not then they don't have to deal with it. So
0: wait, sometimes would you say the merchant doesn't even know it's happening? They
1: may not know at the time, but what the merchant can do is we provide the ability for them to log into an admin environment, and then they can see all that activity. It's all it's all very transparent. Right.
0: but bottom line, it's not it's it's potentially less work for them. It
1: is. Mm-hmm. that's that's right
0: that's i'll do i'll pay for anything if it means less sign me up me. right so, so I mean.
1: yeah less work less chargebacks less brand risk i yep. mean it's uh it's all upside the pro- the issue is is that they don't feel that pain it's not in their radar I, I alluded to it earlier in the conversation that when i had asked the e-commerce you know personas that we normally will engage with and i asked them about package protection they don't, they're not really, there's not a real direct line to where, where that pain is. Now, there's pain. That's the, there is pain there, but they don't know it. So when we try to have the conversation, and I'm paraphrasing, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I've heard of you. I've heard of this company. Yeah, we go do package protection. And it's, and then and of course, and then, and then what happens is you Google package protection or package theft or porch piracy stats in the, I could sit here for two hours and go through all the data, and it's not compelling. Um, what, our, what our objective is, and we realize that it's still going to take time and education, and it's going to be a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, but please don't ignore this. And because it's very easy to, to min- mitigate, that's if I right. can, get, if I can have it, one of the main takeaways of this content that you're hopefully watching. Take a few minutes to, to take it, just take a few minutes to look at, look at what's going on. Even if it's one, even if it's one, don't minimize that. Let's have a conversation. Let, uh, and let me show you, let us show you how easy that is to help it resolve for you.
0: Right. And uh, based on what we just talked about, right, package protection is nearly is, is a cog of the shopping guarantee in general. It's if you're trying to inspire trust and confidence from the get-go, you want them to see it right away, which you're talking about right now. And then the ability to add package protection, as well as have this add-on that doesn't cost anything extra to get what identity fraud, I'm trying to remember, identity fraud, uh, lowest price guarantee, which is always like my eyebrow razor. Mm -hmm. I always... Lowest price guarantee means okay. This is where I'm buying it because right. I'm going to get the lowest price guaranteed. Sure. Um, and then uh, purchase guarantee, right? Making right. sure you actually get the product you pay for mm-hmm. and you're happy with it. Yeah. So
1: that's right. That's right. And just to summarize again, the the the, the four main value points of the shopping guarantee. The, the entire platform focuses on area four areas. One is purchase guarantee, which is around merchant reliability, right? Um, the second is the lowest price guarantee. Everyone has a low price guarantee. And in fact, to my point earlier around, you will see most merchants will place some sort of graphic on there that says, we promise the lowest prices or we have a low price guarantee or some language. And it's just them saying that through a graphic, not saying that that's not something they will honor because many will do. But when they do honor it and when they're called upon it, it comes out of their pocket. What sets us apart from them is it comes out of our pocket. Right. So imagine the same circumstance where they buy something, the item then goes on sale within 30 days up to a hundred dollars, by the way. Well, they then come to us and we will make up the difference and pay that, pay your customer directly out of our, out of our pocket. It doesn't come out of your pocket and we don't come back to you to make us whole. And again, by the way, all of this is free for you to use.
0: Yeah. And so can you talk to me a little specifically about this? I love this part. Uh, Can you talk to me a little bit about customer experience and how that would bring someone back.
1: Yeah, in fact, uh, especially if you're a price-sensitive consumer, what you'll want, what, what we often will see, and we see it in the data, is that they end up coming back. Because it has, to. by the way, when the, when the low price, if that if that price does change, it has to be self-discovered. So the customer themselves has to realize it. Well, how are they going to realize it? Well, they're going to realize it because they're coming back to the site hmm. to check, right? Because they, they want to catch us. They want to catch the merchant. I would, I, I want to get my money. That'd be fun. Right. But Oh, by the way, they're coming back. And when they're coming back, they end up making another, oftentimes it's another purchase. Right. So it's a repeat opportunity to sell them a product or service.
0: Awesome. Well, I think we're almost out of time. So I'd love to quickly just tackle a few things or kind of summarize sure. what we've talked about. Cause it was, it was a lot. Um, as any e commerce e commerce e commerce merchant will uh, sure. attest to, there's a lot. How do you lot. spell that? Is it E C E oh, R? don't E-R-M? you throw that back at oh, me? Eric. Don't yeah. you throw that? that was really I, I go lowercase. Pretty all cringe the way when through. you ask me that, but go ahead. Lowercase all the way through. Fine. That's how I do it. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, but there's a lot that an e commerce merchant needs to basically check off their list. Sure. So after everything we've talked about, mm-hmm. um, which was a lot, yeah. uh, could you tell us? how the relationship of consumer confidence translates to revenue.
1: Yeah, so I'd first say confidence equals conversion. And, and it, it, that's a very generalized statement. Lack of confidence can be defined in many ways. But one is uncertainty, friction, noise. Um, and I think that line of so, so clearly with a shopping guarantee, we really it was set out to be designed to align with four, not all anxieties, but we really want to hone in on the top four. And we think that the top four are the lion's share of the anxieties and baggage that consumers will bring to, the pro- to a website for their first time. And we want to be very deliberate about aligning to those right away. I think that's really important. And that inevitably will lead to higher confidence, which inevitably leads to higher revenue and conversion. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you, Eric. That was a lot of awesome insights about e-commerce. I really appreciate it. I'm sure our audience will appreciate it as well. Um, If they have any more questions, is there anywhere they can reach you at?
1: Yeah, thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. It's great. Uh, Best place to get me is on LinkedIn under Eric Thorson. Reach out to me for any time. You know, if you want to bounce something off me, need some advice, some input. I'm always happy to help.
0: Uh, You can subscribe to us uh, through wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, You can also find the vodcast on YouTube as well as follow our LinkedIn, um, as we'll keep you updated on upcoming episodes. But thank you again for joining us on Unboxing Logistics.